Welcome to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. This week's message is Go and Be, Part 3, A People Who Be, recorded Sunday, May 7th, 2023. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Now here's Scott with today's message. Well, good morning, church. It's so good to be with you. And we're on this third week of Go and Be, and I'm excited because we have Derek here with us today who, if you've been around Third City for a while, you probably have heard or met Derek, his wife, Jackie, and their kids, and they've really given their lives to, um, to empowering Christ followers in a region of the world that's a lot of unreached people groups where a lot of unreached people groups live. And so um, we're just so grateful that you are a part of our church and just for the work that you're doing. We are so grateful for our partners who um, are around the world and Christ followers who are living in really, really hard contexts um, to be a Christian. And I just wanted to ask if you could share with our church how you're seeing God move and just a story of, of what you're seeing. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for uh, in, inviting me up here. And Thank you, Third City. Um, you know, Third City supported our family for over 15 years now um, through, through everything. So, yeah, like Rachel said, we do work um, in a um, pretty hard context. It's a strict Islamic region. You know, it's illegal to share the good news of Jesus um, where we're at. But I do want to share a story of, of how we've seen God moving. And it was about a year ago. Um, I sat down with a friend. Um, we'll call him Dave. Um, and uh, Dave, uh, we sat down to eat, and it was so funny because he was just like, you know, Derek, I know Jesus really well. And like, no one, you know, you don't, it's not like common dinner talk. So I was like, oh, you know Jesus really well. That's awesome. He's like, yeah, we've spent a ton of time together. I was like, really? Like, how did you spend time together? He's like, he comes to me in my dreams. I've had five dreams. I was like, okay, can you share with me what your dreams were? And just for a little context, uh, Dave uh, does live in an unreached people group. Um, to my knowledge, he never had known another believer um, his whole life, never had access to the Bible, um, never had access to even like go to a church to explore um, what this faith is all about. And um, but he was 21, 22, started having questions about what's true, uh, what's real. Um, and he started asking God, just praying to his concept of, of God and who God was. And God was faithful to answer. So he was praying, asking for this truth. And uh, he told me, you know, I, was, I had a dream and Jesus came to me. And he goes, you know how I knew it was Jesus? And I said, how did you know it was Jesus? And he said, because... Uh, one time there was on, on my satellite TV, there was this Jesus movie that came into my house and I watched this Jesus film and it was the same Jesus that came to me in my dream. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah. So Jesus took his hand and started walking with him. And uh, in the dream, there was like a very small door uh, that everyone was trying to get into and no one could get through this door. The only one uh, that could get through the door was Jesus. And then Dave said to me, and you know, because I was with Jesus, I was able to get through the door too. 
And I said, well, what was on the other side of the door? And he started describing what sounded to me like, you know, the Garden of Eden, you know, this place where heaven and earth meets and there's this new creation. Um, and he got to walk with Jesus in that in his dream. And then the Lord just continued to be faithful, um, coming to him in his dreams and showing him, you know, who Jesus was. And uh, Dave made the decision to follow Jesus and be baptized, and we were uh, able to connect him with one of our, our partners um, who's now meeting with him and discipling him and helping him walk through how to follow Jesus um, in a really difficult context. Um, so it's amazing, you know, to see God just working in those ways. Yeah, yeah. And what I love about that is it's clear that God's the one who's reaching Dave, you know, like we've been talking about this, that this is God's mission. It's his world. And he is the one who reaches us, but he uses all these different ways, dreams and, um, you know, the movie, the Bible movie, and then people to come alongside Dave. And, and so that's an amazing thing. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you was, when we think about, you know, I think sometimes when I think of, when I like look at the unreached people wall that we've been praying over, the prayer boxes, if you've been doing that, this can seem overwhelming at times. Like the need is so great. And uh, you live in this context, you know, you have opportunity to be in places and meet people. But for someone who's in Grand Island or Broken Bow or watching online or in Nebraska, how do we support? How do we um, make a difference? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, not to sound churchy, because a lot, I mean, we talk about prayer, right? And I don't mean it in the sense of like, oh, you should just pray more, but actual like um, prayer is huge, and prayer is the work. And when you think of like someone like Dave, or many Muslims who have had dreams where Jesus um, has come to them, I believe that's been unlocked by the prayers of the church. Um, so in 1993, Christians began uh, coming together to intentionally pray during Ramadan. Ramadan is when Muslims fast and pray and seek God. Um, and now there's millions every year um, that are praying during Ramadan uh, for Muslims to encounter Christ. And I don't think it's any coincidence that in the last 30 years, more Muslims have come to Christ than the previous 1,400 combined. And so God is clearly on the move, and some, in some mysterious way, prayer is linked to that. And so um, take advantage of the prayer boxes um, and pray. Um, another way is to give, um, to give financially, to support kingdom workers, to support different projects that are going on. Uh, a lot of these unreached contexts, it's, it's really hard work um, and takes uh, time and patience and faithful giving um, of the church. Another way is to go, and Parker, you know, mentioned some trips that are going. We're hoping to host um, a, a small trip of maybe one or two people to come and, and intercede um, over the places that, that we're working in. And then the last one is welcome. Um, there is a, a map up right now. Uh, this is from GIPS. And uh, these are all the students that are foreign-born uh, going to our schools right now. So the world's coming to Grand Island. And there's two ways to look at it. There's a worldly way and a biblical way. The biblical way 
Paul was preaching in Athens in Acts 17, and he said, you know, from one man, God made all these nations, and he determined the time and the places that they would live so that they might seek God and find him, although God's not far from any of us. And so the biblical way to look at it is God is moving people so that they would have an opportunity um, to encounter him and encounter truth. And we have that opportunity here to simply welcome. Um, so if you see someone who you may think, hey, maybe they're not from Grand Island, just to simply say hi, how are you, get to hear their story, um, and welcome them. Maybe invite them to your home for a meal. Um, and those are different ways that we can be involved. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's an amazing thing to look at this map and realize that God has brought so many people to our areas, right, to our cities, and, um, and to also recognize that he put me here at this time and place. You could have been born at any time, any place, but he put you here. And so, Third C, I hope that we are a church who is curious, who who gets to know people's stories, who shares stories, because there is power when we get to know someone. And there are a lot of people who could use a friend, you know, and um, that's what this whole series has been about, is what it means to step into our world, our context, and be the light of Jesus. And so, Derek, you do that so well, and I'm just so grateful for the way that you're modeling that for our church. Can we give Derek just a round of applause for being here? And um, He's going to be out in the plaza and would love to connect after services. But we're going to continue with our ser- series as we hear from our lead pastor, Scott. Well, I have really appreciated the messages that Brendan and Dan have brought, and and, and Rachel's interviews with our partners, and then hearing Tara, uh, Tara's story about Tara, Tara Gonzalez about about uh, foster parenting, and we've really seen some really good things happen because of her story being shared. So that's really good. And, and I hope that you've also taken a little time to go out to the plaza during the last few weeks and and experience some of the interactive displays that are out there. And I think that. All of this is helping us to have a little bit better worldview. At least I hope it is. It is me anyway. And so what we're doing is talking about God's light in the world. I mean, the bottom line is we are God's light. And I thought it was interesting that both Brendan and Dan, who preached sermons before me, uh, tied into the Marvel Universe conglomerate, that kind of thing. And, and, and they were showing photos of each other. I thought it was kind of interesting, or at least one of them did. And the fact is, they didn't have the original. I, I have the original. I have been able to obtain this never-seen-before photo. <laughs> now, full disclosure, I'm not as familiar with the Marvel experience as these people apparently are. As, you know, I, I mean, so, uh, but, but apparently Dan's superpower, I like to call him Iron Dan, Apparently, Dan's superpower gave him Hollywood hair, which I thought was maybe worth it. I like that. But what I do agree with him on this whole concept is this idea that, that, that there is an enemy that we are engaging with and that we need all the power at our disposal to, to take that enemy on. The universe is really in play. The fact is, it will take everyone to win that battle. And God's desire to love people and then giving us a part 
in the reclamation of this world, that is really amazing to me. I, it's marvelously described by Paul, the, the Apostle Paul, in the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Let me read part of that to you, Ephesians 5. It says, verse 8, for you were once darkness. He's talking about us, the people of God. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light, he told us to be light. Did you hear that? Everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Here at Third City, we, we believe in participating in bringing hope to the world that the number one purpose of the people of God is to be hopeful for the world. We believe that elevating hope is the way that we should engage with each other and with those outside of our particular realm, this church. That's what we believe it means to be a go and be church. And whether that's happening like Derek and Rachel showed us in that you know, in that missions corridor in the world, or whether it's happening in the town square in Broken Bow, or at Hope Harbor here in Grand Island, or, or, or Gish, or Northwest High School, or Central Catholic, or wherever your kids go to school, or even in the casino, or in your place of business. The number one purpose that we take into those places is to be light. That's what we are, we're light. Because everything that is illuminated, Paul says, then becomes light. And that really is the vision of, of Love Unlimited. It, it, it's that every activity, every ministry, every partnership, we exist to shine the light of Christ wherever he puts us. Now, wrapping up this series, I wanna share with you the vision that Paul puts before us and describe a little bit more what it means to be light. And I believe that it really does revolve around the great commission of Christ where he told us to go and make disciples of all nations, to baptize, to teach them to obey everything that he commands, that he said he'll be with us for that purpose. What does it mean to be that kind of a go and be church? And what makes us different than maybe some other churches? The church that's more and more about others and less about us a church that's different in this place so that we can be different in those places. What, what is it? Well, I think we have to realize, first of all, that, that there's something about love starting in this place, like hope beginning right here in this realm, whether you're sitting in Broken Bow at that church or at church building or you're sitting in Grand Island in this church building. or you know, There's something different about us. And to be the best kind of church we can be, we just have to be hope beginning here. Like, that's the spirit of this place, and it needs to continue to be that. 
This place where every person, every man, woman, child, every, every ethnic group, anyone who comes in here from any kind of background can find hope in this place. That's a beginning point of, of, of their life transformation is finding hope right here. I think it means that we inspire that. And we, it's not easy, but to have environments, whether it's in our kids' programming, and we have, we have a lot of kids' programs, but they should be hopeful places for children and their families. Connect uh, our preschool with, with young people in element and, and those who come to our Revive ministries. With our special needs community who gather here on Wednesdays during the month. Uh, those of you who come to one of our Bible studies, our home groups, whatever you're involved with. All of those need to be environments where hope lives. And, and I didn't name everything. But the goal is to create atmospheres where that can happen. And, 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 and that the power of Christ happens because hope lives here. Now, it's not easy to do that. And we're always asking questions about it as a church. Like, I think the biggest challenge of, of not doing that is just us. I mean, because unsaved people think differently than saved people do, so sometimes we kind of get a little selfish in the church, so we, we, we start to do churchy things because we're more comfortable with churchy things, and most church folks, you know, we're planning programs and we're asking questions like most of us would be this way, well, how does this help us? What does this do for us? What do we like? What do I want this to be like? That's, that's human nature. It's not easy, but churches that bring hope actually ask a different question or set of questions. What do they need from us? How can we be something better for them? Do our worship services allow people to interact with God? Forget about my preferences. Does our music, does our teaching, does it meet people where they are and say something to them that God can express to them? A couple of weeks ago, our church began walking with a family who had suffered a tragic and difficult loss, and it's just been devastating. But many of, the, of their family members came in from other places, you know, other states, and they were here to support them and grieve with them, of course. And, and they were able to experience some ministry from this church during that time. And, uh, you know, our church family was there as soon as we found out about the, the loss, and we, we, of course, met with the family to plan out the celebration of life. Some family members from other states came to one of our services. And then through the interaction that they had with our church family, they, I, I, it was at the end of the, of the day of the, of the celebration and, and I'd gotten to know this family member and they told me, you know what? We need a church like this where we live. And they talked to me a little bit about the devastation of what their circumstances are. They, it's just a few hundred miles away. But, but the fact is, so appreciative, so gracious, we need this. And I'm here to tell you that there's a whole bunch of people outside of these doors who need this. So what do we need to be? Because Jesus is more to us than a consultant or a spiritual option or some special teacher. Life begins with us when we get out of the center of that 
and let him have the place and center. That's, that's what Jesus wants from us. So here's a question I have for you. What do non-believers need to see from us when they come to our place, this place, this building, Buffalo Run Road in Broken Bow? What do they need to see? What are they looking for? And I know there's a lot of different answers, but here's what I think most would say. If they really boil it down to something, they'd say this. I need to see that God is believable by the way you live your life. I think that's what, I think that by our energy, our authenticity, that they want to see what's real with God. And if they can't see that, I don't blame them for not wanting to be here. I can't blame them. I need to see that what you're telling me is worth pursuing in my life. You know, we don't build this church around our plans. We do it around his. So, but then there's a, 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 maybe even a more important thing to understand about this. Not just that when people come here, they see something that's real and authentic, very important. It's that when we go to their place, what do they see? You know, like, like when we go beyond this into their place, and I hope that, that what those of you who are here today consider yourselves Christian, I hope you would embrace this, that every one of us is called to be light in this world. Like Jesus talked about this clearly. He said, don't let your, you know, don't cover up your light. Let it shine in the world so that they might see your good deeds and praise your Father who's in heaven. Like your, your marvelous opportunity, wherever it is that you go beyond this place, is to take the story of hope with you. And to do that, it's going to take a heart that loves others and sees them. Like, it's not about what they see in you as much as what you see in them. Light, light with illumination, illumination that sees. And I think that's what Paul's talking about. He says everything that's exposed to the light becomes visible. Like, you, you go see things that you didn't see before. Everything that's illuminated becomes light. That's why it is said, verse 14, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead. Christ will shine on you. And then he says, be careful how do you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil, and they are. It hasn't changed. We got plenty of evil in our day. And because of it, I can find myself, maybe this is just me, but I can start looking at people from this, this idea of, they're broken, you know? Or like even the world, it's broken. God's dream for marriage and the family, broken. City Hall in Washington, broken. The economy, broken. The company I work for, many times, broken. Education. Here's, look, there's no question there's brokenness. Look, there's darkness in this world. But do you see broken or brokenness? Because there is a difference. I mean, what if we stop seeing people from the despair of broken? Because I, I don't know about you. When I see broken, I think I've got to fix that. Like in my house, if something's broken, I've got to fix it. Or if it's broken and I can't fix it, I go, eh, forget it. 
But you know what? If I see something as from the, from the lens or from the side of brokenness, it kind of leans back into me. And I remember what I am. I remember about how grace came into my life when, I, when my brokenness was, was over one, overrunning my life. You see what I'm saying? Like God's word illuminates that. Like he shows me things that he wants to address in my life, in the world that I live in, and instead of discarding things that seem broken, it makes me see them from the lens of brokenness. And, and then what I do is I start to see a ministry occur, like, like a place where I can shine a little hope in someone's brokenness. Because you know what? This world didn't start out broken. It was complete and whole and perfect. But when sin entered the world, that's what broke it. And there's not a human being on this, in, this, in this world that started out broken. I don't believe that. I think brokenness entered in when sin entered their life. And the message of the gospel of Jesus is that God recognizes our brokenness and he does something about it. He didn't say broken, eh. He said brokenness, and he sent the light of the world into this world and saved us through Jesus. And then he commissioned us to let our light shine so that they can see Jesus. Weekly, we gather to commune. We call it communion, we call it the Lord's Supper, there's other terms that people have used over the years, but those are the two frequent descriptions we use. Communion is important to me because it represents something really specific happening right here. It's when we gather together on common purpose to celebrate a God who didn't cast us off, but rather by his brokenness entered in. He entered in to save us. We celebrate that. So we're going to pray together, and then I want to come back and just finish this message up after we commune. Lord, you said this when you instituted this divine moment in our church's experience. You said, on the, on the night before your death, you said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. A God who broke himself on a cross to repair and reclaim us as his children and to eliminate our brokenness. That is what this moment represents. Its power is not found in a simple piece of bread or a cup that has the fruit of the vine in it. The power of this is found in the God of the universe who said, I'm here, and I'm going to bring light to this world. And as I commune with you today and with my brothers and sisters, I'm also saying, Lord, I'm here to bring a little hope and light into this world. I'm on mission with you. This I do in remembrance of you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. 
Please join us for one of our worship services at 9, 10, 15, or 11.30 a.m. in Grand Island and at 10, 15 a.m. in Broken Bow on Facebook Live and at thirdcityc.online.church each Sunday. For more information about Third City Christian Church, send email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Call us at 308-384-5038 or visit us online at thirdcityc.org.